0: What up, what up, folks? Praise the Lord. We are here and we are impact your today, today, today and uh, we want to get started tonight. We're running a little late. Sorry about that. Um, God is on the throne and uh, we're trying to get it together, but we're going to talk about this is us. This is up. What do you mean by this is us? The culture that we're living in as a Christian, we need to explore it and to find out what it's all about. So that's what I want to do tonight, and uh, I want to look at that. And uh, I want to tap into understanding, as a Christian, what does it look like? What's our culture? uh, What it's all about, our foundational beliefs. And uh, as we look into this, uh, I want everybody to uh, tune in. Before we do, I I want everybody to hit the share button. And as you hit the share button, invite some folks in, invite some people in, and uh, we're going to get started here in a little bit. So what we're going to do, we're going to, uh, we're going to pray right now. Father, I just pray God for the grace of God, asking God for your strength, asking God for your power to be released, God, as we talk about different subjects, Lord God, we pray God for the power of God to move upon your people. So Lord, have your way in Jesus mighty mighty name. hey, get ready to hit the uh share button, everybody, hit the share button and invite some folks over right now, please as they as we get ready to go into this. This is us how we live as Christians in this world uh, the first the first thing that I want to talk about today is the new nature the new nature that we have and the new nature is the nature that we have in Jesus Christ the bible says in second corinthians 5:16 and 17 it talks about the new nature it says so we have so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view how different we know him now. This means anyone who belongs to Christ has, has become a new person. The old life is gone. Behold, a new life has begun. So in 2 Corinthians 5, in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17 declares that no longer we are in the old nature, but we are in the new nature. And that's so important for us to understand that. That our old nature, meaning the old lifestyle before Christ Jesus, has changed, has turned away. And because of that, today we're living in a new nature in Jesus Christ. What do you mean by that? It means the DNA of Jesus Christ has been imparted into us through the Holy Spirit. Because the transference of salvation, the old life that we have given unto Christ... And Christ has given us the new life in Jesus, has brought a new life in our lives. In other words, our nature, our spirit has been changed because the Holy Spirit has emerged or merged with our spirit, the human spirit, and we become new in Christ Jesus. Why is that so important? Because we battle in our mind. The old thoughts are still there. The old memories are still there. And many times these memories or thoughts comes popping up and saying, you haven't changed. The new nature in Christ is not upon you. Look, you still think the same way. You still do the same way. And it speaks against us. But even though in the spirit realm, there has been a change and a transformation through Jesus Christ. But we must understand, we must stand on the word of truth. We have to stand on God's word, what God has said by faith, that our old nature has been wiped away and behold a new nature according to what? 2 Corinthians five sixteen and 17 tells me that when I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, My old nature has vanished, has been gone, has been wiped clean, and there's a new nature in me. What about the new nature? What about the new nature? I want to look at that. The new nature is this. It's in Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 26. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces what? The kind of fruit in our lives. It develops love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what's in our new nature? These things I just said, love. The love of God is in us. As a Christian, you have love. This is us. We have the love of God. We're able to love as Christ loved. We have the ability to love unconditionally. We have the ability to love as God loves. Why? Because his spirit or his new nature is in us. So don't tell me that you can't love. You can love. You just need to tap in what has been given to us in the new nature. Then what else we got? Joy. Joy is more than feelings or emotions. Joy is something that we have got given from the new nature, from the Spirit of God. Joy is a position that God has given us. Joy gives us strength to be able to stand against the pressures of life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Then we have peace. Not just peace, what the world calls peace, but we got peace that passes all understanding. In other words, it's not upon our circumstances that I have peace. I have peace because Jesus lives within me. Jesus lives within side of my heart. That's the reason why I can have peace in the middle of a storm. I can go through all kinds of turbulence. I can go through all kinds of trials. I can go through hell and back and still have peace. Oh, come on, somebody. See, we need to know this is our nature. This is our new life. This is what we have. You need to understand these things so you'll be able to walk in these things. Because why? The old flesh and the old way, old mindsets, will try to oppose you and try to tell you that you can't do these things. But I'm here to declare to you today that the Word of God is telling us That there's a new nature in Jesus Christ. There's a new nature that God has given us, and you can receive it and walk in it right now. What else do we have? We have kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This all belongs to you and I as believers. This is part of our new nature in Jesus Christ. So this gives us the ability to be able to walk in things beyond us. It says, listen to this, what about, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucify them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another to be jealous of one another. So what the Bible is telling us, all the things, all the nine parts of the fruit of God, it says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that's all part of the fruit of God. This is what God has given us. The way that we can live this out is through what? Through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why we can't grieve the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit, what gives us the ability to have all this, what God has given us. Now, some of you might say, what about temptation? Let's talk about, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about temptation. Uh, Temptation is part of the Christian life. You know Jesus was tempted? Did you know that Jesus was tempted in every which way? Many people call temptation sin, but temptation is not sin. Just because you are tempted doesn't mean that you're sinning. It just means that you're alive and in this fallen world. That's what it means. Jesus was tempted in every which way. In other words, temptation comes when our desire is there. When when there's a desire from the old man from the old flesh that tries to rise up and we're drawn to it, but it's not sin. It's not sin until we indulge in it. Now if we give into it, then it becomes something else. Then it becomes sin unto us because we have accepted it into our lives. But when temptation is presented to us, it's not sin. Is just temptation. Uh, let's look at this. In James chapter 1, 2 through 4. James chapter 1, 2 through 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Oh, come on. So let So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, meaning perfect, not meaning perfect, and you do everything right. It means complete it. You be made whole uh, and complete, needing nothing. So, what he's talking about temptation, when you are tested, when temptation uh, uh, tests you, he says, consider its ways an opportunity for great joy. A one translation translation says, count it all joy when you come into various temptations well that mean there's an opportune time for your faith to grow in the temptation of the lord one of the ways that your faith will be tested and when your faith is tested you start growing in the lord it's just like it's just like lifting weight you want to build muscle well you got to have the resistance to build strong healthy muscles it's the same thing with faith when faith is developed is when resistance when things come against your faith and you react according to the word of God. You build your faith by trusting in the Lord. It's the same way. When opposition comes, when temptation comes, and you do according to what God wants you to do, you are building your faith. So, if something tempting you right now, something coming your way is temptation, this is a time to build your faith. Don't give into the, excuse me, don't give in to the temptation, but give into what the Lord's even. When you do give in temptation, you will find out that doesn't work. You'll find out, see, if you fall on, if you keep tripping over yourself or you keep falling off the bike, eventually you will get sick and tired of falling off the bike. In other words, you're going to try your hardest to stay on the bike. It's the same thing. If you keep giving in to temptation, you're finding out it's death. You're finding out it gets worse. Every time you fall into temptation, it's, got, it's not getting better because temptation is just for a moment. It's pleasurable for a moment. But after that, there's consequences. Can someone give me an amen? But after you learn and your faith has been tested and you get through the temptation... And you learn how to get through the temptation. In other words, by holding and trusting in God and holding on God's truth and saying, Lord, in my weakness, you're strong in my life. You start depending on Jesus. When you go through trials, you start finding out that your faith has grown. Your faith has increased. Why? Because you learn to trust in the living God. You learn to trust God. The Word of God. You learn to trust the Holy Spirit in your life. Before, before when that temptation first came, you gave into it. You went down that path. He says, the, the Holy Spirit was telling you, don't go over there. You'll fall into the trap. But you went over there anyway. And you found out that the enemy was waiting for you. It wasn't what you thought it was. And then you went down that path again. And same thing happened. Now you're out of the place. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I, I want to listen to you, Lord. The Lord says, don't go right, but go left. And you listen to the Lord and the Lord leads you, will lead you to strength, lead you to the place of a breakthrough. And you find out when I listen to the Lord, when I listen to God's word, the blessings come, the blessings flow in my life. And guess what happened? Your faith increase. I can believe God. I can trust God. God can get me through this. He can get me through that. See, that's how our faith grows in the name of the Lord. So that's James 1, 2 through 4. There's another portion of scripture. I'm going to read this, and this might open up for discussion. This might open up for discussion. Here it is. It's in James. We're still in the book of James, chapter 1, 13 through 15. Now listen to this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, one translation said, when temptation comes. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles or temptation comes your, uh, of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading the wrong one. James 1, 13 through 15. It says, remember when you're being tempted. Here it is. When you're being tempted, James 1, 13, 15. Remember when you're being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God never tempts you to do wrong and never tempts anyone else. So that's very important. I heard people said many times the Lord is tempting me. Now the Lord's not tempting you. He's not God's not trying to trap you to sin. You need to cut that out of your understanding. That's not biblical to say the Lord is tempting me. The Lord is not tempting you. The Bible tells us in James 1:13 It says, remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. Don't say that. Listen, God never tempts to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. So we establish that. Secondly, look at this. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us to drag us away. Listen, you are tempted because of your own lust." Because you like it, your flesh likes it, that's the reason why we are tempted. Don't ever say that the Lord is tempting you. The Lord will never tempt you. But what you're being tempted is what you like, what your flesh likes, what your flesh, the old man desires, It's what's pulling you to that. That's what's the temptation coming from it. That's when you're being tempted is because you like it. Matter of fact, you love it. And that's the reason why you're drawn to it. That's the reason why it pulls on you because you desire it. Your flesh desires it. So why is that so important? It's so important because that will give you understanding of what you're really battling against. You know, when people go to AA or NA, the first thing that they tell the individual, the first thing that you got to do, you got to omit to quit. That's the first lesson. In other words, you got to take ownership. you got to take ownership where you're at and what you're doing before you can start any other steps. Well, spiritually, it's the same thing. you got to understand that this temptation is coming from your own desires, your own lust, your own desires from the old man. And when you realize and understand that, then you're able to deal with it. You're not blaming God. You're not saying the Lord is doing this. You're not blaming this. You're not blaming because I was brought up this way. You're not blaming everybody. It's because my old flesh likes it. Oh, come on. It's because I want it. And when you come to that conclusion, you're ready for a breakthrough. You're ready for a breakthrough when you admit that it's your desires, that's your temptation, your lust. Your own personal thing that you're gravitating to, that's when you get ready for your breakthrough. Now you're ready to face it and start taking steps of your deliverance. So that's very important. James 1, 13 through 15. Let me keep reading. Let me read it through. Temptation comes from your own desires, which entice us to drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. Did you hear it? Come on, James speaking here. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So the first step for your breakthrough is this. It's my own lust or desires is pulling this temptation to me. Because your temptation and my temptation could be different. It's what my old flesh likes and what your flesh likes. But when you commit to it, and when you say, yes, this is my old nature, and that thing is rising up because I want it, now you're ready for your breakthrough. Now the second thing is, understand what this old life is leading you to, this old desire. You keep giving into this temptation, What do, what, what happens? The Bible tells us it brings forth what? Death. So what's going to help you to stop going in those same paths? Of giving into the temptation. You know it's gonna lead you to death. It's gonna lead you to something that you don't want. It's bringing you to a place of destruction. As you come to a place of saying this is my mess and it's leading me to a place of destruction and death, now you're ready to take action to come against this temptation against your life. What does that mean? That means that you need to take position in your life. If certain things tempt you, why are you going in that area? Why are you going down that path? Why are you opening the door for you to be tempted? Oh, come on, somebody. You know, there's places where you can go, but I can't go. And there's places where I can go, you can't go. Why? Because where I go, I'm not tempted, but where you go, you're tempted, and vice versa. So... We need to understand that. What are you trying to say, preacher? You need to know yourself and you need to be real with yourself. Oh, come on. You need to be real with yourself. That's the reason why. If you you can't handle uh, 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 electronics, you shouldn't have electronics in your home. If you can't handle certain movies, you shouldn't be watching certain movies. Whatever the case might be around certain people, if you're around family members and every time you get around family members and, uh, you know, they get high and loaded and drunk and everything else and all of a sudden you get high loaded. That's not that's not the life of a Christian. But every time you go with your family, you give into what they do. So that means that you need to make a stand. You may need to make a stand. That means you can't hang around them all day long. You might go going for an hour say hi and how you doing, love you, and keep it moving. But you need to be real in your life as a Christian because why? There's a new nature in you. The new nature is in Christ Jesus. And God has given us the ability to overcome the enemy if we just use it. If we just be aware of it. Now we're using scriptures to help us, to guide us. To set us free. Come on somebody. The Bible is, is basically is the manual that we use or the instructions of the Lord to help and guide us in our lives. That's the reason why it's so important to heed the instructions of God's word. We're talking about what? This is us. This is us as a Christian. This is our culture. This is our life. We're talking about real stuff. How, how, how about how if you slip up and fall? Are you unsaved? No, you're not, you're not unsaved. You're still saved. You just made a mistake. You get back up and you say, Lord, help me, guide me, and let me learn from this. From that fall, when you fell, what did you learn? What did you learn from that? What was, what was the things that you saw there that you can help you next time? These are the things as Christians that we need to understand. Christianity is not a life of perfection. It's a life of surrender. I want to say it again, that that's good stuff. I need an offering for that one. But anyway, hey, Christianity is not perfection. If you think Christianity is perfection, you just might as well stop right now. But you must learn it's a life of surrender. Surrender to what? Surrender to God. Surrender to His Holy Spirit. Surrender to His Word. Surrender to what He has for you. That's what Christianity is. Is this a life of surrender to the Master, to the to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Saying, Lord, I need your strength. I need your help. Praise the Lord. Let's go on with this. If you have any questions, please get it in, and our crew will get it to me. The other thing... Uh, What's the will of God for me? That's what I want to talk about. What's the will of God? We're talking about temptation. We're talking about the new nature. We talked about the fruit. But what's the will of God for us? What's the will of God for all Christians? That's a big one. What's the will of God, the will of God for us as believers? I want to say, because some might say this, some might say that. But I want to sum it up in one scripture. It's Luke chapter 10. Verse 27 through 28. What's the will of God for me? What is this will for me? It says in Luke 10, 27 and 28, it says, the man answered, it says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And then he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. And it says, right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. Oh this is powerful. So what is the will of God for you, for me, for all believers is to love God with all of our heart, mind and soul and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And then Jesus says, you if you do this, you will live you will live a long life or you will live life. Basically Jesus says if you just do those two things, You'll accomplish my will. And I know some people are called to do this, and some people are called to do that. And hey, that's that's secondary. But your first priority is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the things that God's asking you. That is the will of God. See, it's not too difficult. Even children can understand this. We are the ones that make it makes it too difficult to understand. If we just love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, everything, I don't care what the situation, it will go right in your marriage. If you love your spouse as you love yourself, it will work well with you, your neighbor, your coworker, whatever your situation. I don't care what it is. If you just do those two things, if you love God and love your neighbor as yourself, everything in life will go well with you. You will live. If we just live by those two commandments, if we can just understand, if we can just catch the revelation of this, our lives will change. The problem is we are selfish and we are prideful. And God is tearing these things away out of our life. He's telling us, don't put yourself before others. Oh, hallelujah. If you do according to what God's called us to, you will live, Jesus said. The secret is following these two principles, these two laws. And if you understand this, it will change your life. It will change your life forever. The closer you walk to these two commandments, I already know your life is very successful. Your life is prosperous. Your life is is full of joy and goodness. Why? Because these two laws, these two things that what I'm saying, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, everything balanced are hanged on these two laws. This is our culture. This is, this is us. This is us as a believer. We don't live according to the ways of the world. There's other religions that says say eye for an eye, two for two, but God has not called us to do that. God has called us to walk in the love of God. He called us to look out for our neighbors. He's called us to look out for other needs, and he'll take care of our needs. It's completely opposite. He says, if you want to be first, got to be last. What about that one? He says, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Hmm. That's contrary to the world. The world says you got to get all you can get. Beat everybody out. Steal, kill, everything else. Just get yours. Don't worry about nobody else. Well, that leads to death. That leads to sickness and disease. Those that live their life like that, they're never satisfied. They're always looking behind their back. They're always thinking everybody's trying to get them because they're that way. Everybody's trying to stab them in it because why? They're that way. (laughs) Hello. Everybody's jealous because they're that way. But if you live in love, you live in the love of God, you, you do those two commandments, you don't live that way because why? You're not that way. You live according that God takes care of all of my needs. The Bible says, if God's for me, you can be against me. Hello. God has my back. Even when the enemy will try to come, God will make my enemy serve me. Well, come on, somebody. God will make your enemies serve you if you do what he's telling you to do. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Vengeance is not ours. When you are vengeful and you try to take it out, it's not going to work. God says, okay, you want to do it, you do it. But he says, give it to me. I'll take care of him. Oh, come on. So we need to walk according. What is the will of God for me? Is to love God and the love of your neighbor as yourself with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength. See, I make it very plain, very simple, very easy that you can get a hold of this and that you can walk in this culture and this nature. And if we put our hearts upon this, if we pray and ask God to strength to overcome, I know it's not easy to do this because sometimes my flesh rares up. I want to take vengeance myself. I, I want to take care of business myself. I understand that. But at the end of the day, we need to submit to what God is saying, what we need to do. Well, how we need to do it because his ways is everlasting. Let me give you another point before. If there's any questions, take questions or comments.
1: But, well, uh, Nancy let, let, D. says, by getting mad, that is a temptation.
0: Okay. Getting mad or being angry is not sin, is not sin first of all. The Bible says, let me, let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says this, be angry, listen to me, be angry and sin not. So the Bible telling us you can be angry anger is part of your emotion, part part of your emotions. So there's nothing wrong to be angry or mad, if you want to call it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of your human. That's not going to go away. But it's, but it tells us don't sin. In other words, I can be angry at you, but I don't want to throw a frying pan at you. Now, if I throw a frying pan at you, I have (laughs) sinned.
1: That's one way of fixing the situation. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Uh,
0: See, to be angry is what you do with the anger. If you take that anger and go take a walk, take a run, get a punching bag, or eventually sit down with a counselor and talk about the anger that you're having and walk it out with a spiritual counselor or someone, you haven't sinned. Because that's the part. Of it. We all get angry. We're all going to get angry or anger, uh, walk in anger during our, our life. It might come two, three times a day. That's not sin. And be mad, that's not, that's not sin. And that's some of the reasons why uh, uh, there needs to be a biblical understanding of truth. Because people need to understand a lot of things that we believe, it's not even scriptural. So that's the reason why we need to understand that. So, so, Nancy, what I'm trying to say to you, being angry or mad is not sin. It's what you do with the anger. It's what you do when you're mad. That's the key. Now, if, if, if you hurt someone or, or, or you lash out and speak, uh, 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 curse someone with words or things like that, then you have crossed the line, then you have sinned. Then you have sinned. But if you take that anger and and walk it out somewhere, either talk about it or, or, or do some physical action, whatever, then you have not sinned. You just being a human, that's all that is. Anything else?
1: Giovanna says it's exhausting taking things into our own hands.
0: Yes, it is. You know, you, you might say, Oh, I got, I got a good one. You might lash someone. Just tell them off. I'm going to give them peace of mind. You, you go curse somebody out. Well, after you curse someone out, you're going to feel bad, feel shameful because of what you've done. And you still haven't got the results of what you need. But if you do it the Lord's way, God will help you and give you strength to overcome, especially when you deal with individuals. When you be the adult and when the other person be like a child, you win every time. In other words when you do good to someone even when people being bad to you the Bible says it's like pouring coals on top of their head it makes it worse when you when they're they're looking for a reaction and you they're doing good to that person it makes it worse they even get more mad because you're doing good to them you're you're blessing them you're you're, you're not giving in to the, the hate and the anger and the negativity and and, uh, and and doing all the bad things you're doing what God wants you to do, it brings more shame to them and more more damage to them to themselves so yeah, so this do the right thing, and God will fight your battles for you. hallelujah. Anything else?
1: Uh, Nancy just came in agreement. she said yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Being angry, we could do bad things.
0: Yes, yes. So, yeah, because you understand that, that's going to help out a lot of people there. You can be angry and, and, and sin, not, uh, sin not. And I think that's very uh, important for Christians to understand that because uh, we're going to be angry, uh, being, being in anger many times in our Christian walk. So, what about the Christian nature, culture? This is us. We are a people that we don't belong to this world. I have another scripture I want to give to you. Um, Where is it at here? Let me find it. I want to find it real quick. That understand that this is not our home. I think that's very important as a Christian to understand this is not our home. What do you mean? This is not our dwelling place. The Bible says, we are aliens, or we are foreigners living in this world." I want to read two translations. First one, King James version. It says, "Dearly beloved." this is out of 1 Peter 211, 1 Peter 2:11, King James Version. It says, "Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul." Now look at this one. This, I like this one from the Message Bible. It says, friends, this world is not your home. Hello. So don't make yourself cozy in it. Mm. In other words, don't, don't get yourself all wrapped up in this world because this is not your home. And then it says, don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. In other words, don't get wrapped up in things at the expense of your soul. Don't give into things because things could damage your soul, your character, your nature. Don't don't give into those things because there's a price to be paid. And then it says, live in an example life among the natives so that your actions will refuse refute their prejudice. Then they will be won over to God's side, and there be and and. And be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. What does that mean? If you live an example, many people will come to Christ by your example. Do you know that you could be the only Bible that they ever see? You know, sinners don't read Bibles. They just, thats It's just not part of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They, they, they just don't do that. But they will read your life. They will read your life when you're at work. When you're in your community. When you're at church, when you're down the street, the sinner will read your life. They won't read a Bible, per se, but they will read your life, your exampleship. And that's what it's talking about. They will read you. In other words, you'll be the example. And if you do right before them, you can win them to Christ. You can win them through your exampleship through Christ. But first, the scripture says, remember that you are a pilgrim. You're a foreigner in this land. Don't make this your home. This world is not your home. And understand what you do as an example could win those over to knowing Jesus Christ. I think that's very, uh, a powerful understanding there. As believers, we are the living witnesses of Jesus Christ. We are living witnesses of Jesus Christ. When they see you, they see Christ in you. Glory to God. When you help someone, when you pull someone up, they see Jesus in you. Oh hallelujah! And that will draw them to the Savior. Oh glory to God.
1: Nancy says, uh, "Pastor, I'm Christian and I go to church, but I feel the teacher that teaching us in the morning class. I feel he don't like me because my skin. That's my thought." Uh huh.
0: Well, that that's very. Uh, contradicting to if he's a good teacher and believe a believer in jesus christ because there shouldn't be any prejudice uh in in the house of god there is we know there is but if it is you need to pull him aside and say can i speak to you? Can, you can you give me a couple minutes and how you handle this in private maybe on the side after class and say hey this is how i feel i feel that you Don't accept me or don't like me because of my skin color. I could be wrong, but I'm presenting it to you. That's the Matthew 18 process. The Matthew 18 process, it says those that have offended you, those that have sinned against you, you go to them one-on-one and you tell them openly what you feel and what you see. You give give him an opportune time to give an answer. It could you, you could be hundred percent right or he could say no 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 that's not my heart maybe you're just taking it the wrong way or you might be right but you don't know until you go to that person did you hear me you can't come to a conclusion until you give that person an opportunity uh, uh, um, a chance to speak to that subject so don't draw to conclusions yet until you give him a chance to to, to, to talk about that. So go to him. Give, pull him aside. and say, can I, can I speak to you for a second? And share that thought. Your belief. Your perspective with him. And see what he says.
1: She said I tried but he doesn't. He don't want to listen to me.
0: Oh. Well the next thing to do. The Bible tells us. Now go to an elder of his. Go to his spiritual leader. And tell them. And then let them set up a meeting. So if he doesn't want to do one-on-one, then go to his spiritual leader and set up a meeting and then have it. Now, try that and let it be. Now, if the spiritual leader doesn't do it, then that's something totally different. I don't know if you you should be there. But that's the Matthew 18 process. Matthew 18 process. It's to go to go to them. If they don't work, go and bring
1: another person involved hallelujah yes we have uh diane george she's from california she asked if we could please pray for randy trigger he has lung cancer mm-hmm. never smoked in his life wow pray for good new when he go to the doctor on wednesday so randy trigger yep randy so trigger. father we lift up
0: ra- come on everybody impact us let's pray for randy that healing would take place in his body, in his lungs. We pray for a good report in Jesus' name. I want every impactor at the sound of my voice to pray with one another in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I pray for the power of God to move upon Randy Trigger right now. I pray for healing to take place in his lungs. I rebuke cancer out of his body. I command every foul and unclean cell to wither up and die. I pray for healthy cells to develop. I pray for all cancer to wither up and die in his body. I pray for the power of Christ to move upon him in divine healing. I speak the blood of Jesus upon his life from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. that the healing flow of Jesus take place right now. I rebuke the devil right now. The lie of the enemy might come. Uh, I speak against him and his authority in the name of Jesus. I come against it by the blood of Jesus. We pray for Randy Trigger in Jesus' name. Be healed by the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So, sis, let us know what's the... uh, Uh, declaration on Brandy Trigger we want to know because we're believing and holding on God's truth and healing in his body hallelujah I think we have one she she, she has a prayer request
1: do you have a prayer request what's your prayer request
0: we got one inside the the room here
1: a prayer for Jesus (laughs) okay Okay. A prayer for her mom. She
0: okay. There. We got a little one in the <laughs> studio here. She wants to pray for her mom. Her mom's not feeling well, so that's powerful. The little children praying for her mother. So, Father, we pray. What, what's her name? Karema. Karema. So we pray for the power of God to flow through her body. We pray for healing in her body in the name of Jesus. We ask, God, that the power of Jesus take all sickness out of her body. We ask for a miracle to take place. We ask for the healing flow in her body to be made whole. Father, we thank you, God, for healing, that sickness will leave that her stomach, and whatever issues, the aches and the pains will relieve her body by the authority of Jesus Christ. And we thank you now for divine healing in Jesus mighty mighty name amen i love it i love it when kids oh, <laughs> amen she was going to pray she's praying for her mother amen so that's childlike faith that's mm-hmm. that, you know i can take that that's that's this is us too yep yep. this is our culture this is us what kind of faith childlike faith to believe god at his word what do you need to believe god at his word if god said it i believe it you know, but, yeah. you know, the, uh, as grownups, we got to think, oh, uh, the odds of this, uh, the doctor said this, you we know, try to
1: start overthinking and overthinking
0: and uh, overanalyzing it and and yeah. all and, and dicing it and cutting up and time you get ready to pray. You don't have any faith. You just pray <laughs> you and deleted it, just, it already you <laughs> deleted it already. But kids, they just say it, trust and believe in it. And that's what we need. We need childlike faith. If God says it. I believe it. Hallelujah.
1: Nancy asks if we could pray for her daughter's arm. Tina, her daughter Tina.
0: Yes. So, Father, we pray for Tina. We ask God for healing in her body, healing in her arm. Wholeness, all pain be removed. That she will have total function uh, upon her arm, Father. That you will move and do a miracle in her life. So, Lord, let healing flow in her body. Thank you, Lord, for a miracle to take place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. And we have a prayer request for Maria Pacheco. She prayed for her sight. Amen. So,
0: Father, we pray for a miracle right now. Father, we pray for our sister Maria, her eyesight. We're contending, God, for wholeness. Come to her eyesight. Jesus, you did it before. You can do it again. So, Father, we pray, God, for her sight to be open now in Jesus' name. Clarity in her eyes. Father, I pray, God, whatever attacked her eyes, whatever caused the blindness, we come against, we pray against that right now. We ask for sight, blindness, leave sight, come to our sister in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that when she goes to the eye doctor, she will have a report that her vision is getting better. We pray for the power of the Holy Ghost to come upon her in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I'm telling you that God still heals. God still moves upon his people. The last thing that I want to say before I take off here is this. The reality of God is so real. It's more real than that chair or that place where you're at. He's beyond that. The reality of who he is. Because you must believe that he is. So you can walk in the faith. We are the children of light. We we trust in an Almighty, all-powerful God. Hallelujah! That loves us unconditionally, and you need to know that, and you need to stand in your faith in Him. I'm telling you right now, Christian, stand up in your faith. Stand up in your belief. Walk in the power of His strength and His might for your life. It's time to walk as Christians. Walk in this culture. This is us. We are the children of the Most High God. We are the children that believes in the Almighty God. We are the children that believes in Jesus Christ as the only way to the Father. We are the Christian that believes in the power of God that can set men free. Jesus' blood took away all sin from mankind to those that believe, for those that trust in him, he came to save that which was lost. That's you and I. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Well, we thank you. Anything in closing, brother?
1: That'd be it. That'd, That'd be good. it. That is good. If we could do one blanket prayer, I think we should be good.
0: Amen. Won't you pray for us? Speak in that mic and you pray for us, brother.
1: All right. Father God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for what you have done within us all, Father God. We call on your heavenly name that you may bless everyone that was able to tune in, Father. We ask that your word may continue to travel in this means, in the aspects of the internet, Father God. We pray that all those that are in need, Father, that they may see you, that you may be able to meet them where they are. Father, we ask that understanding of how we are to operate as christians father god that we may understand it that we may be able to start to do what we need to do to operate in that magnitude father god to be able to claim you as our savior we yes, thank you father. for what you have done for us we thank you for your grace and your mercy we ask that you may deliver us and deliver all that are listening to this thank you, podcast to this facebook live and everywhere we are father in jesus mighty name we pray amen amen
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. We thank you for joining in. We thank you for this time. Uh, The next time you probably see me probably be Thursday morning. Hallelujah. A lot of things happening. We just came back from a men's advancement. Uh, Well, some people call it retreat, but there's been a lot of things. And hopefully by end of this week, things go back to normal. I can get back to the prayer and And, uh, tomorrow I got to go to the airport and a lot of things are happening right now, but Hey, keep praying, keep trusting, keep believing God. Remember Jesus is what capital L O R D. He is Lord. He is sovereign. He is God. Also, we walk by faith, not by what we see. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And lastly, be kind and be loving to one another. Be kind and loving to one another. Why? Because God loved us first. We should love others. Let the love of God cover us. Let the love of God flow through us. Help somebody. Pull somebody up. In Jesus' name. Well, this is Pastor Ray. This is Impact Your Today Today coming at you. Hey, in closing, go to our page. Like our page. Go to our our podcast. Go to YouTube. Like our YouTube page, your Impact Your Today YouTube page. Like it. uh, Subscribe. Do all those things. Bless us in the name of the Lord. God bless you. Until the next time we meet in Jesus' name.